Hello everyone. After a long time, after a brief pause, in fact, I came up uh, with this episode. It's not just one episode, it's a series of two episodes. And uh, we are touching a topic, a subject that most of us won't dare to touch. I'm not, I'm saying this from an individual perspective, also from a societal perspective, that something we never want to go and ponder upon. I'm talking about mental health. The inner struggle, the war, the silent war that the entire world doesn't know know about. A lot of times we live in that oblivion of things that who or with what against we are fighting we never know and that's a darkness that we always step in and it happens to every one of us including me you all of those who has been listening this the struggle we might name it sometimes or most of them we fail to name it it might be a phase or it might be a pattern that runs for a lifetime. This battle will turn into war as it grew within us and will show upon us and it will affect our health and our behavior in the long run. And the society has very easy words to label that pattern. We know it better. Someone is actually suffering mental health issues. They reflect through various behavioral patterns. And we have some easy words to tag them. We just call them mental or crazy. It's as simple as that. However, we really don't know, we can't empathize with what is really happening within them and what is that response that we can give it to them. I told you this is a bit sensitive. My discussion with Dr. Nachiketa Sinha, a renowned psychiatrist and researcher on mental wellness, His profile is there in the description, please go through. He has been doing quite a path-breaking research, much-needed research on wellness, mental wellness. A couple of months before I recorded this session, maybe I waited for a good time to release it. This episode and the following episode of this conversation is not just any other podcast. This is a topic that everyone has to listen, everyone has to discuss about and there has to be more and more light to be thrown upon this aspect, especially in India. Before I proceed to the actual conversation with Nachi Keta, I fondly call him Nachi. I wish you everyone 
a happy christmas and a highly productive 2022 ahead here we go thanks doctor it was a pleasure connecting couple of weeks before we had some great uh, talks or thoughts to ponder upon and uh, after that discussion i started thinking it's pure uh, science basically it's actually like a deep inherent human trait about denial of something as an individual and as also collective as a society level and i thought it's more important to talk about it and um, talk about the vulnerabilities i think right. this conversation with you not just opens the audience doors or ideas about the mental health as a whole it's about me and everyone uh, right. there is always right. a gray area that we never want to touch it right uh, <laughs> so thanks to you i am really glad that i want to ponder upon this Um, no, thank you. Oh. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> thank you. So, so do you, uh, along with this discussion, do you prefer me to call you Doctor or uh, Sinha, Doctor Nachiket? No. So whatever works for you. Uh, Nachi is fine. People who know me call me Nachi. That's that's better. <laughs> nice. Where are you from, uh, Nachi? So, I'll try uh, to keep, get myself used used right now to this. <laughs> yeah. No, so. Uh, I'm from Patna, Bihar, and um, that's where I'm originally from. And um, but I live in Canada, and I work Canada. in Canada now. Yeah. Uh, so, just uh, to all the listeners around, and uh, just can you take me through your uh, pedagogy, your achievements, your uh, journey of journey on the mental health uh, path of mental health, right. etc. Right. So, uh, achievements, of course. Uh, uh, a bit embarrassing to talk about so um <laughs> <laughs> no, at times at times it's not about you it's about the whole world at least the world the tiny world which is unknown about this they want to really know about it so please right. so so uh, as a psychiatrist um, uh, like any psychiatrist you have to go to uh, medical uh, school medical college and yeah. then you and then you qualify as a physician and then after that you uh, specialize and, you know Let's say somebody will specialize in surgery or or orthopedics or whatever, and then and the same we specialize in in psychiatry. So it's a m- medical school, and after that, more years of specialization into psychiatry, and even then you have different branches that you can um, get a bit more uh, training in, such as uh, you know general psychiatry, child psychiatry, old age psychiatry, things like that. So. Um, my schooling in, initially is of course was in patna bihar and um so you know after that uh, my, my family parents were initially in england so when i finished my uh, my schooling uh, from patna i did medical school in karnataka uh, bijapur uh, karnataka university dharwar uh, for those of you who know and uh, and then and then i went to england to specialize in psychiatry at um, and the the training scheme that i was a part of was was monitored by cambridge the the cambridge university that you hear about so about that training scheme after finishing my training in in england in psychiatry uh, i came to canada and i've been in canada now since uh, about 2006 okay so so yeah so been around and then in canada i got involved in different things i mean i um, just a few years ago i was the president of uh, 
the Canadian Psychiatric Association. That means the the body of psychiatrists all over Canada. Um, then you know I also an MBA in healthcare, so that allowed me to get more interest in a lot of administrative stuff to see how things get done. So I'm also involved locally with the medical society and things. I've gone, got a few awards more most recently. Um, there's a thing called IFA that looks at uh, healthcare leaders around the world who who think outside the box, so to speak. And uh, and I think they were, uh, for some reason, they appeared to be impressed with it. And so I, I got uh, an award of the top 100 health leaders in the world. Uh, so that was recent. And uh, so, yeah, so, so things like that. That's quite illustrious and celebrated thing. So th glad you took us through that, you know, that pain of, and it's a pain actually to talk about yourself, like uh, this thing, right? So, but it's quite, quite insightful for all of us to know about a journey. Uh, I will actually shift to the point directly now. So okay. uh, there is always, uh, where we're talking about mental health we had this discussion so i'm reiterating that same point here there's always this uh confusion the edge of confusion i don't call it slightly but it's actually a wide vast edge of confusion between uh the 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 deeper uh, mental health issue identifying issue or mm -hmm. between an issue with a mood of so there there's people don't really fail to understand it basically right yeah. so Yes. It's That's actually very... kind of spread across Indian societies, especially if you put it. So, no, I mean, well, can I call you Pawan Saab? It's an old habit, Bihar ka. Right. So, <laughs> Pawan Saab, I say, you know, you're right. You hit the nail. On, you hit the nail on the head because many times, you know, in society, uh, in our general conversation, right, we're used to saying, you know, feeling a bit depressed, feeling a bit down, right, or you know, or other words like um. um in, in describing day-to-day -day things and so so what happens is that without realizing that uh, um, uh, a normal linguistic words to depression i'm feeling a bit depressed is a completely different thing than than what the real depression is the real clinical depression is right so for example um let's say let's let's say for example i walk outside after i'm done with uh, this conversation with you i walk outside and someone uh, shouts at me and slaps me in my face right so that makes me upset, angry, I react, or I don't, whichever way. But it's safe to say that I'm not good, not feeling too good about it, right? So if then you said, hey, Nati, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling a bit down, man, that wasn't good, right? So then five minutes later, suddenly, you know, uh, someone comes up and says, hey, man, the thing with Powans was, was really nice. I go, oh, was it? That makes me happy. So now suddenly, within a span of moments, you see that I mean, here I am like this, and then suddenly something happened and made me a bit sad when something else happened made me a bit happy and this is how norm, you know usually our, our moods fluctuate through the day so going sure. back to the phrase that that you use mood off which is so common mood off again like you know mood off mm. but but see so that is a part of our daily uh, doings and so on now just imagine that this mood off phrase right was mood off hey i'm, I'm feeling down right now this right now changes into minutes, into hours, into days, into months, right? So now suddenly mm. you're talking about a situation which isn't just uh, feeling a bit down because of something has happened right now. We're talking about something much more uh, sinister, much, much deeper, much, uh, uh, you know, which needs to be looked at a bit more carefully because now what's happened is that my 
you know, for example, my feeling happy because someone gave me a praise um, had taken away the little mood off that I had because someone had slapped me. But but when I am clinically depressed or when I'm unwell, then what happens is that no amount of, uh, you know, uh, things of that sort are going to make a difference because my daily life gets interrupted. So now suddenly you'll find that your cultic bati have an ice cream, you'll feel better, that kind of stuff. Now, it doesn't happen like that. My daily life gets impacted. I start, you know, um, uh, suddenly you'll find that, uh, let's say, for example, you know, you and I are close friends, you'll find that, hey, what happened to Nati, man? He's not talking anymore, he disappeared. Oh, no, I saw him the other day, you know, I, yeah, he wasn't showering. I mean, you know, completely looks the shelf. Yes, or he's not eating, or is he, or, or what's going on? Suddenly you now find that he's, you know, withered away, not being able to work the way he used to, can't get his thoughts together. So now you're talking about a situation where um, a, a, something as a, a benign, which would have appeared to be just al-mutrafe, which can, an ice cream can take care of, has now become something which an ice cream can't take care of. And that's where, as society, we need to be aware that, you know, um, is an analogy that, that I can give here is, um, for example, let's say, you know, I'm going for a walk and, and I suddenly twist my ankle and, uh, well, oh, twist my ankle, take it, twist my ankle, oh, yeah. So, you know, your friends will come around, put something on it, put some ice, do this, do that. All right. But then it goes on, you know, suddenly I realize that one day, two days, three days have gone and my whole life has been stopped because of it. So now I know it's a problem. It's not just a little thing that happened is something much more significant than that. But the difference, though, is that with a broken ankle or a twisted ankle or a little, you know, bruise on my arm, I can see it, you can see it, society can see it, everybody can see it, which means that help comes along or at least it's noticeable. But if I'm hurting inside, if, if there's a problem where I'm facing inside that I can't even express, then my suffering is a very lonely kind of suffering because you won't see it. Nobody else notices it. They'll just think you, that's got behavior. So that's how he is now. And without realizing that that's not how I am, it's my illness that's made me feel this way. And it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to explain uh, where you become so unwell that um, nothing really matters. And you know, sometimes you'll hear people say, oh, just get on with it, man, you know, buck up, you know, put an effort. But it's not like that. I mean, it's easy for people to say, you know, get up, go and exercise, but what they don't realize is that in this illness, those very, very things that motivate me to look after myself, live my life, study, all of that is gone. So I can't do those things, not because I'm being lazy, but because I'm ill. For example, if I had a broken leg, but nobody in this world would say, if you try hard, you can run a marathon. Don't be lazy, man. Practice. Nobody would say that. Or if somebody had cancer, you don't hear people say, oh, come on, try harder. You know, why don't you pray your way out of it or, or just do some? No. When you have things like that, then because it's so noticeable as a physical health issue that people know what to do. But in mental health, what happens is people don't know what to do. So the person who suffers keeps suffering daily and daily and day in and day out. And unless, you know, more word is spread about it and people become more comfortable reaching out for help, they don't. So gradually, you know, things go on. Sometimes 
there are certain conditions where they're recurrent. Recurrent means, you know, comes and goes. So, for example, I'd say depressed for say, three months or so, and then gradually I'm starting to lift out of it a bit, and people say, oh, the ticket, now he's it's different. But then it happens again and again. But you see, every time that happens, my life gets disrupted. You know, every effort that I've made to build my life up career-wise, uh, relationship-wise, and money-wise, all of those things, I lose every time I'm becoming unwell. And then, when I start getting better, I have to climb through that hole all over again. So my misery gets multiplied. And because I don't know what's going on, nobody around me knows what's going on, or wants to acknowledge what's going on, then I suffer. And that is how I live my life. And that's why it's so wrong, right? That yeah. just imagine like somebody who, who we care about, somebody who, who we love or, or somebody who loves us and cares about us. Imagine someone like that who's close to our heart would be going through a suffering of that kind without even knowing that what's going on. And, and, the, and the strange thing is that if the same person had a broken leg, then you would know exactly what to do. You'd say, All right, okay, I'll open the door for you. Don't go to get the grocery, I'll do it for you, right? So, so you would see that and you would do everything you can because you care about them. But in this case, even though you care about the person, you don't know what to do because you can't see what's going on and the person can't explain what's going on. So even if you're trying to help, for example, if I'm feeling down and out and I'm depressed, clinically depressed, my solution isn't you buckle up, no, my solution was to go and see somebody qualified who knew what to do and so on but as a friend what happens is that jolly are some look come on man get up and then you know everybody tries to make an effort but in the end then they're making it worse because it makes me realize more and more that i can't do all those things more and more and then even the support systems sort of go away you know you'll ask me twice thrice four times and then they'll say don't ask nachi anymore man he never he never says he never wants to go to the movies anymore anyway so then suddenly Nachi disappears from the radar. You see, so this is how gradually things get worse and worse. And the other side of the problem also is that we're talking about an individual who once upon a time was a, uh, you know, was a, a, a useful member of society. I, mean, I was working, I had a job, making money, you know, raising family, doing this, that, all of that. And suddenly as I'm, as I'm shifting down and going away because of illness, then all those aspects of my life are also getting inhibited. And, and you know, and no fault of mine. And then I think, because everybody else thinks that, you know, I'm not trying hard enough, so what do I do? I think, maybe, yeah, maybe there is something, some fault with me, so maybe I should try harder. Which, which is bizarre, because um, the analogy I give in these situations is, is, is that of a, a traffic light. You know, when you, when you reach a traffic light, and of course the light, we see, you know, red, green, amber. Amber, of course, as we all know, most of us know anyway, is supposed to, you know, ask you to slow down. You see the amber light and you go, okay, slow down, go over red honey while I. But, but you see, there are still people who, when they see amber, they'll put the accelerator on, just make it right through the green, right? So life's way of giving us a signal that amber, like, you know, I'm feeling stressed, I'm not feeling well. So I need to slow down and think about what's going on. But what do we do? Society has told us right from childhood, try harder, try harder, try harder. So what do I do? It's at the back of my mind. 
I don't put the brake on. I put that. I keep trying harder and harder without realizing that it isn't about that. Those rules of trying harder apply when I'm feeling well. If I'm not well, then those rules of trying harder are going to make it worse for me. You know, it's like a car running, you know, with with no engine oil. You try harder, harder, and you explode. You know, the whole thing will disintegrate. And and that's what happens to our lives too. And this is just one in the spectrum. You know, you're talking about uh, a whole lot of other people who are involved in our lives and how they suffer because we suffer. So it just keeps getting multiplied. So awareness about it, Bowen Sam, is very important. And, um, you know, um, because the more we know about it, and it, all it does is, is, is it's a question, right? For example, reaching out to somebody who I care about and, hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm not feeling too well. Okay, okay. But is he still feeling that way two days later? Three days, what's going on here? And and you can see that the person's life is completely disrupted. It's changed from how it used to be. And that's where a good friend, you know, a good support system, a good society, a good community, a good family steps in to do what needs to be done and point in the right direction. Go and, go and see somebody, you know, somebody who knows what they're talking about. And that's where, you know, people like me, psychiatrists or your family doctor or therapist and someone would come in. Someone used to figure out what's really going on, whether, you know, what help is required and what's not. So it, it becomes very, you know, very interesting from that perspective. Actually, this is uh, what I told is actually is something throwing light on, especially on the Indian societies. I want to take uh, uh, represent Indian society as of now. Uh, what you said is right. There is always this oblivion between. Uh, I mean, it's a societal level, not just individual. Because as a human, we were driven by societies and tribes. Right. It's always the ro- uh, rules of the tribe and the society that has actually driven us. But Excellent. if we see, we are all actually like humans. We are all actually like soulless animals. This tribe community is a derivative that came in once we start identifying other species, trying to figure out our uh, you know our survival skills and everything. This tribe thing is a reaction basically. So. I think during this entire journey, we figured out that we are actually individuals. We came onto this as individuals and we need to understand this. So as a whole, there were some uh, stigmas and there are some doctrines said by you know, society that's been driving and riding the human uh, right. cycle. Right. Uh, so if it coming to the Indian society, especially yep. it's South India or North India, what I understand is if there is a problem when it comes to the physical issue, let's say you say bruise, a burn, an injury, you have names for everything. You know right. how to explain that. Yeah. Even the medical society to a large, I'm not saying right now it's been, it's 2021, it's vastly evolved and I think, but I'm talking about like five, six years or 10 years before, a mental issue is actually, like someone who's actually dealing with some issue with brain, they are deemed as mental. You see yeah. the name. And it's yeah. always dark. Yeah. It's always dark. It's always scary. Yes. Right? In the films, the media, yes. The yes. fiction, everything has actually blown this out of proportion. You say, like, yeah. for yeah. example, I don't want to give it a name. Let's say 
mental is equal to psycho thanks to all the sharuk khan's earlier moves for example it's like he's a matinee idol he made it blown out of proportion that's where the generations have grown with that this thing but they couldn't identify or dissect to see this you know what is this and what is that so pawan so, sir what is the root cause pawan sir this is an excellent point you raised you know and 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 i share and i share that thought with you when i when i watch a movie or when i listen to something in the media or read something in the media about anything describing mental health related issues and so on i feel nauseated i feel angry you know it pains me to see how what a caricature society has 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 made you know as a society we make a promise to ourselves the promise we make to ourselves is that being a part of a society means that i am going to look after the person around me just as i'm going to look after myself that is the inherent you know unsaid norm of what a family or society is supposed to be but what happens in this case is that the ones of those of us who are suffering the most in the most inhuman way are the ones who get further ridiculed further you know cast aside further put down the drains with people who have no understanding of what they're talking about using words like you know i mean i um, for example i don't even use the word i call it the c word you know the c r a z y i that's how important words are to me you know i because it's important but what message is being conveyed that using words which which have a which have them for example if i'm suffering and i know this is how my good friend pawan looks at me and thinks this is who i am then what happens is that whatever there was hope in the form of me wanting to share also goes away because i know that this is what he thinks so what's the point in me saying anything anyway so i keep suffering and suffering and suffering right but you see that, that is so against what what we all claim to be as a society as a community right a community society was always supposed to be about the last man in the last line isn't that true otherwise why not just live on you know on our own and not ever rely on anybody else and yet we all rely on everybody else every person that i know or i can imagine to know or have ever known has always relied on other people for different things in their lives for example us doing this i'm relying on you to ask questions you're relying on me to give decent answers so you know and this is just a conversation but when lives are more deeply enmeshed the reliance on each other is much more the stakes are much higher so the very people who i trust to have my back other people who are calling me names and that is is dark ages and it just doesn't just happen in india it happens everywhere it's the lack of understanding and it's a constant battle where we have to call that out we've got to say no what no you can't use that word you can't say that no you can't that's not true now the media you you're right i mean look at look at what for example everything is on a spectrum if i cough right now kasiyage right so on that spectrum on one end is kasiyage a bit of ate something i don't know what happened or on the other end of that spectrum is also lung cancer so if i cough does it mean i have lung cancer no one says that to me or if i lung cancer or asthma no one says that to me or asthma that's what they'll say but mental health ko aisa monster create kar diya because because of fear of the unknown people don't know 
then they make things up, right? That's how human nature is. So because they don't understand. So they create this big thing where on one end of the spectrum, I'm suffering and I'm very unwell, I need help. And on the other hand, maybe there was one or two acts of, you know, violence that, that, that came up with the media picked on or came to the conclusion most commonly that this is so wrong that just look at the logic here. This is so wrong that only somebody who's not in the right mind can do it. What flawed logic is that? By that logic, everybody's a son, isn't it? Yeah. Because otherwise, anybody does anything wrong means must be ill. How is yeah. that possible? And yet, you know, and yet that's how society does that. Oh, he must have, you know, lost the police and that. Well, no. Just because some uh, criminal act is committed, it doesn't necessarily mean there's a mental illness behind that. And why is it worse? It's because the mental doesn't mean there's a, there's, a, there's going to be some act of criminality or violence and so on and so forth. As a matter of fact, uh, the, you know, the people who have uh, mental health issues are actually victims of a lot of these violence themselves. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, if you look around, and, and hopefully, you know, this conversation would allow your, uh, your, you know, your esteemed listeners to, to have, uh, have their eyes open and, and observe these things. Every walk of the way, you, whether you're driving in your car or, or sitting in your office or wherever, just look out the window, you know, and you'll notice things that you haven't noticed before. For example, her sarak make up your time, everybody has to pick on. You know, isn't that the common parallel that people use? Absolutely. And that person with the right kind of help could have had a meaningful life, but society has ridiculed him and brought him down that level where he's virtually fighting for survival with a dog. And is that what a society is supposed to be? I don't think so. Right? And so... So that's what happens. I mean, not knowing something and making assumptions. Yes, I, I don't understand this because I can't see it, right? Well, leads people to come to all kinds of all kinds of conclusions without understanding. And you know, if I'm not feeling well, then I'm going through certain symptoms. But those that's a part of my illness. You know, to me, that's real. That means treatment. And if I don't get treatment, then I stay trapped in that delusional world. I don't escape it. You know, and, and, and that's the, for example, so many times you'll see, I mean, and, and this isn't just, you know, I'm not talking about um, people who, who don't know. I'm talking about people who should know when they talk about, oh, it's a, it's a schizophrenic system or this and that without even realizing what they're talking about. Schizophrenic, what do you talk to you? They wouldn't know what schizophrenia means. The young bad guys split for split. There's no split in schizophrenia. It's about inability to get my thoughts together so I can express it in the way it should because my mind goes blank. So when you ask me a question, this is what happens. I don't know what to say. But when you're talking to me, I suddenly forget my chain of thought. But you see, these are subtle symptoms, which is But 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 if I'm if I also add a healthy dose of voices, you're born right, go and do this, go and do that, and so on. And then you know, and then society 
Steve said only finds this you know to talk about. But just for a second, imagine, for one second, let's talk about the person for a second who is hearing that voice. Imagine, here I am, doing my thing, living my life. Suddenly, one day morning, I realize I'm hearing something. That scares me, man. I'm scared now. I don't know where it's coming from. I look around, under the bed, outside the window. I quickly go out and I ask somebody else, they said, I said, oh, okay, okay, I'm not going to talk about it. Maybe I just imagine, no problem, boss, no problem. And I go back. But it's still there. It comes back again. He's getting louder and louder. And then I know that I can't tell anybody about this because of what happened the first time I did say something because they told me that forget about it. My friends say that to me. So who do I ask for now? Where do I go? So my suffering keeps getting intense and intense and intense. And that is how difficult this is. Being trapped in your own thoughts, Don Saab, is the worst kind of suffering there can be. Imagine living in a world where my thoughts trap me. All I have is my own thoughts and this keep on and on. And there's no escape because I don't know how. Right? And the other side of the problem also is, is that by nature, some of these illnesses are that as I get a bit more ill, then I don't even know that I'm ill. So the term, you know, yeah. of course, in English, you know, insight, but it's a, it's a clinical term about I don't if I don't know I'm ill. And I have these delusions and these things going through my head and so on. So that becomes my reality. But that's not the reality of the world, but that's my reality. So guess what happens? We all react based on what we think is real, isn't it? I right now yes. I'm talking to you because I feel that Pawan Sahib, you know, is being nice to me. But let's imagine I start thinking to you, oh, my God. Actually, just put his hand up. He's, he's, he's trying to abuse me now. If I feel that and if I believe it, then how am I supposed to react? I'm going to react back to you. I'm going to say, Kapil, why are you insulting me? Then what are you going to say? Well, if you'll say, Kapil, well, I'm not insulting you. I'll say, of course you did. You said, oh, no, I did So now you suddenly realize that my reaction is based on what I thought just happened, what my reality was. And you know that Nachi is reacting, it didn't happen, but it stops there. You know, people don't, stop for a second and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why did Nachi say, well, what's going on? You know, is, is there a possibility there's something more going on than just, you know, him just being nasty or just, you know, mood off type, right? Is there something more there? And many times you'll hear that, like, you know, uh, 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 suddenly college will let me fight the record and say, Kya, didn't you see how he looked at me, man? Do you see that? I mean, how dare you? He did, you didn't know. And now, now suddenly you realize, your child, there's something else going on here. Yeah. And and if I'm the person who's feeling that way, in the sense that if I'm the person who's suffering, then I, I say it once, I say it twice, and I realize that nobody believes me anywhere. And if I say something, then then they'll think that you're about it. Maybe you're also part of that gang that tries to wants to hurt me. So I again, once again, withdraw, withdraw, withdraw. And you notice a change in personality. Oh, he's different now. I remember him from school. He was different. He's different now. Well, what happened? 
right? So, so, so that's where you know we we have to reach out and look after each other, in the sense that uh, I mean, not in a pokey sort of way, but with with a kind understanding that there might be something much more going on that than meets the eye. And you know, or and the fact is that in our culture, Indian culture, by nature we're helping people, man. nature we exactly. we are people who who you know who who step out, who give, and and with the new you know abilities coming along, where we're getting stronger in the way that we can, you know, prosperous and this and that. So our ability to to do good for others is also improved. So then what is the dichotomy here? The dichotomy is that if I don't know what I have to do to help somebody, I can also help here, then I don't. And that's where the education bit comes in, where more and more people understanding that a lot of stuff needs to be done in, in, in helping people who are struggling, or just to, just to create a system where the stigma is adequate. So someone can come forward Maybe I come forward and I let's say I go to my doctor and I doctor so I think there's something going on and you know and, and my my final doctor doesn't know what's going on and say oh you go and see a psychiatrist maybe I go and see a psychiatrist and he says okay no you no no you're right no problem okay take no problem but at least kiato at least I, I I asked myself that or somebody told me listen man go and get some help there's nothing wrong in getting help and that's where the problem again lies this idea once again that we have to be strong and carry on and you know yeah I say that all that is nonsense all that is nonsense the strength of a man is not measured by what you can do your strength is not measured by that your strength is measured by who you have around you what support system you have in place that is the real measure of strength yeah I mean a prime example of how society Runs by rules that are flawed and outdated is is so uh, well that movie Rocky right or you know Rocky Rambo Garam yeah. Stallone Stallone right so, yeah. right? so the, the latest one you see them he's telling his son you know you get knocked out you stand up again and he, and everybody's like yeah yeah lecture the Bob Shabash but you see you see when I get knocked down when I get knocked down I don't stand up you know what I do. I take my phone out and I call my friends. You try harder, John. They do. I said, "Nee hota bhai. Life is not like that. Harab ni to lal pant pant ko superman nahi banega na. Not all of us can wear red underwear and become Superman. And why? We don't need to be Superman because I have ten Superman in my bloody phone now. And as an exercise, as an exercise for one sir, for your, as an exercise for your friends and your listeners. Yeah. Yes. Everybody take out their mobile phones right now. Take your phones out and look at your contacts and ask yourself, of all the numbers I have, how many can I call when I'm in a crisis? And how many of them will show up? And if the number is down, then create your support system. And there's nothing selfish about it because the person who becomes your support system you become theirs too. So you're forming a link, a link of support sure. systems where, where you know, you know you're there for somebody. For example, when people at work, if you work 
सम प्रॉब्लम इसे प्रॉब्लम है जैसे आईटी में उससे बात कर लो यार एचआर में उससे बात कर लो यार व्हाट इज दैट दैट सपोर्ट सिस्टम इन अ पर्सनल आई होप सो वी नीड दोस सपोर्ट सिस्टम्स अपने में हीरो बाजी करके हम कर लेंगे बिकॉज़ सोसाइटी टेल बूम दैट इज फ्लॉड लॉजिक वी वांट मेन टू बी लाइक दैट सोसाइटी एज अ ह्यूमन बीइंग वी आर सोसाइटी एनिमल्स वी वी यू नो वी बिलोंग टू ट्राइब लाइक यू सेड एंड एंड द बेसिक एसेंस आल्सो इज रिलायंस ऑन ईच अदर but that reliance gradually went away because we had this myth policy around us that apparently i have to be everything i don't i had to, i'll give you an example right now here you asked me my accomplishments kya and i told you how yes i was of that but if you'd asked me ki what is not your accomplishment i would have said i was dreading about the idea ki ye phone kaise lagayenge pawan saab ka phone aayega how will i make it work Hello everyone. After a long time, after a brief pause, in fact, I came up uh, with this episode. It's not just one episode; it's a series of two episodes, and uh, we are touching a topic, a subject that most of us won't dare to touch. I'm not. I'm saying this from an individual perspective, also from a societal perspective. That something we never want to. go and ponder upon i'm talking about mental health the inner struggle the war the silent war that the entire world doesn't know about know about a lot of times we live in that oblivion of things that who or with what against we are fighting we never know and that's a darkness that we always step in and it happens to every one of us including me you all of those who has been listening this the struggle we might name it sometimes or most of them we fail to name it it might be a phase or it might be a pattern that transfer a lifetime this battle will turn into war as it grew within us and will show upon us and it will affect our health and our behavior in the long run and the society has very easy words to label that pattern we know it better someone is actually suffering mental health issues they reflect through various behavioral patterns and we have some easy words to tag them we just call them mental or crazy that's as simple as that however we really don't know we can't empathize with what is really happening within them and what is that response that we can give it to them i told you this is a bit sensitive my discussion with dr nachiketa sinha a renowned psychiatrist and researcher on mental wellness his profile is there in the description please go through he has been doing quite a 
heartbreaking research much needed research on wellness mental wellness couple of months before i had recorded this session maybe i waited for a good time to release it this episode and my the following episode of this conversation is not just any other podcast <clears throat> this is a topic that everyone has to listen everyone has to discuss about and there has to be more and more light to be thrown upon this aspect especially in india before i proceed to the actual conversation with nachiketa i fondly call him nachi i wish you everyone a happy christmas and a highly productive 2022 ahead here we go <clears throat> 